This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure. Your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino of Full-Time Families and Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, will share advice, information, and encouragement to bring your road schooling efforts to new levels. Welcome to Road School Moms. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino, full-time road schooling mom to four kiddos and full-time families, a resource for your full-time RV needs and so much more. Tonight and every podcast, I am blessed to be doing my lovely host. Hello, it's Mary Beth Goff, your road trip teacher, also a homeschool and RV and mama to four kiddos on the road, and I'm the creator at Road Trip Teacher-based learning. And our crazy crew chronicles our travels over at Diary of a Road Mom, so you can keep track of all those other things we do over there. And I am calling in to you from beautiful mid-southern Indiana this week in Park County, Indiana, home of the Covered Bridge Festival. Every fall, a 10-day festival. Beautiful, beautiful here. And I'm so excited to hear your voice, Katie. I know where you're calling in, but go ahead and tell our listeners wherever in the world you are. Yes, I am calling in for the last week. This is our third week in a row calling in from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and this is our last week here. And, you know, the festival ended officially this morning, um, but it kind of, the weather kind of deteriorated for the festival over the weekend. So last night the the glow was a little bit of a bust. Um, but, uh, and then this morning the mass ascension was canceled because of high winds. So really this festival kind of ended for us on Friday. Um, but, uh, I can't wait. I'm already planning for next year. I'm super excited. Well, you and I both, I've already marked it on the calendar. I've already looked up what I could look up. And so I'm sure there will be (laughs) SPF announcements soon about how to reserve your spots and all that kind of thing. But I can tell you that. Your pictures and your experiences and so many of the other full-time families that has posted their go-lives and their um, information has been absolutely breathtaking. I can't wait to make that a part of our memory book. Oh, it is. And, you know, this year was really special because I'm sure you saw that Clementine had her baby. I know. Congrats to their family. She's beautiful, beautiful baby. Yes, it was beautiful. And uh, actually the news came out yesterday morning to do a whole – segment on it and we were able to watch the segment last night if you haven't seen it yet um i've got a copy of it i think on my uh facebook um i could definitely put it on the road school month i have thought of that but um super very encouraging story they did on her and the birth and how brave she was that was so fun and what a wonderful story for your little baby road schooler to have been born at the balloon fiesta can only There's go up no- there there's no one that could have pulled that off like it was except for her, I swear. She was like, hey, let me crew a balloon. Oh, I'm going to go have a baby. Be right back. That's what it seemed yeah. like from the outside looking in. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> pretty so funny. funny. I did a live with her, um, you know, just like an hour or so before she gave birth. And I just watched it uh, earlier today, and uh, I could see that she was close, but Back then, back then when we were doing the live, it didn't look like she was that close. Within, like, I don't know, an hour of that live, she had the baby. So, super fun. Super, super fun. 
Happened. Now, um, now we head. We start heading west some more. I'm really excited about um, that. We'll be uh, hanging out in Albuquerque for another week just to um, give some company to the Heart Dog family and uh, play with a new baby because I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity. And then um, we head west, uh, east, and we. Um, I have, I have travel plans. I'm going to get on a plane. This is super foreign for me. I barely ever, ever get on planes, but I'm going to be getting on a plane and flying from Houston to Fort Lauderdale for the Chicks Cruise, the Cruise Chicks Cruise, that's um, the women's retreat that Michelle Harkins heads up every year, and Sarah James and I, and Margie Lundy, and Shannon Johnson are all going to be going on that, representing Road School Moms, so super stoked about that. How about you, Mary Beth? What's coming up this week? Well, I have to tell you, you're gonna you're gonna love the story because you always love Taylor's takes on things. So I'm gonna hand um, our road school upcoming road school week to her. Uh, so the last week, you know, we were watching your and and not just yours, but so many of the balloon festival FTF families and just some other travels of um, some of our other friends and everybody was going in the directions they were. And we're in Indiana. So we kind of came back. We you know we've done some travel in the last couple of weeks, but we kind of came back to Indiana. And, you know, there was a few of us that were grumpy. I was probably the most one on the biggest. I was driving the grumpy bus. I I was. I'll admit it. And uh, Taylor made the comment a couple of days ago about our Indiana study guide, which isn't it funny that of all the study resources that we have over in our learning shop at Road Trip Teacher that there's not one on Indiana. Do you find that funny since that's where we're from? (laughs) I do find that funny. Yeah. (laughs) It is very (laughs) ironic. So Taylor says, um, you know, we've got – the ABC study guide that's almost done, and didn't you write a study guide, Mom, one time that started in Indianapolis and had all those cool places we visited and the Speedway and the Children's Museum and Connor Prairie, and I'm shaking my head. Yeah, I knew exactly where she was going with this. She said, well, I think we should um, do a research or study guide on Park County because that's where the Bridge Festival is. And I just, I really, I scrunched up my nose. I was like, oh, Taylor, gosh, we know all about that already. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, other people are always, and they are. I see so many threads right now because people are traveling through this area, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. Where's the must-sees? And um, so we talked about how much we loved Park County, Indiana, because of the festival that we used to be involved in back several years ago. Um, but there's really a big history in Park County. There's 33 covered bridges in that county. They all have historical background with them. Al Capone and John Dillinger, there's all kinds of history in that area about that. I mean, there really is a lot of fun facts in, in that area. So we decided over the weekend that this week we are going to pretend that we've never been here before, (laughs) and we are going to try to see it for the first time and see the things that, you know, we think are must-sees and finish our study guide and all that kind of a thing. So that's what the Road Trip Teacher Crew is doing this year or this week. However, I do have to tell you that the boys put a spin on it because, you know, the boys, they always have to be difficult. They didn't like our idea at all. And somewhere over that, somebody, one of the boys was griping because they want to do Fright Fest and all this crazy haunted, you know, Halloween things. And so I told them that if they could find something more clever than we could, that that we would do that. Well, even though our idea still stands, we're going to um, let them have their own glory for a few days because what they have found is a list of the top ten haunted happenings or haunted locations in the state. And I have to tell you, this isn't something cheesy. This is actually 
they monitor these some kind of a hauntedplaces.org. They they rank those haunted places, if you believe in such a thing. I'm not saying I do. I'm just I'm you know, I'm just going along with this for the boys. But something about an EFG, which is some kind of electronic field measurement, and that's how they mm-hmm. supposedly rate these. I'm sure you know about this. I know you've done some of the haunted ghost towns or whatever previously. But anyway, that's what the boys have put together. And ironically, five or six out of the ten top places are within probably 50 miles of where we're going to be for the Park County Bridge Festival. So we're going to do this really fun, you know, covered bridges tour, and then I guess we're going to ice the cake with some kind of crazy haunted happenings. I don't know. Doesn't that sound exactly like something we would do, something totally unrelated to one another? Yeah, but it sounds like a lot of fun. And that's yeah. what road schooling is all about, making it, making learning fun for your family and the best way that your family does it. So I, that seems very quintessential goth road school to mm-hmm. me. Isn't it, though? It is very much us. So that's what we're, that's how we're going to be rolling at least for the next probably seven to ten days. So probably can be coming from somewhere in central to southern Indiana over the ne- over next Sunday night. But that's our general direction. Haven't started heading to Florida yet, but we'll be very soon. Very cool. I love that. That's very interesting stuff. Um, so we are, um, let's see, I talked about us going west, and as you know, we announced um, several new upcoming FTF events. And so we've got, uh, right now, this next week, we've got our Halloween hangout in Rome Beach, and would you believe we still have like one or two spots left. So if you are listening in and you want to join us, the Halloween hangout in Myrtle Beach, Florida, uh, Myrtle Beach, Florida, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you can go to fulltimefamilies.com and click on that event in the upcoming events tab, and there you'll be able to register for that event. Um, so Myrtle Beach Halloween Hangout, this is going to be our second annual Halloween Hangout. Uh, Jill Robbins and Lisa Green are heading that up as co-hostesses, and I just, I'm thrilled to see the pictures they come up with because those two ladies are so imaginative. Then we uh, scoot on over to just below L.A. by Temecula. We're going to to be hosting a Game On rally. The Benson family is heading that up. It's going to be all sorts of fun. And then back to the East Coast for March, which is going to be under the sea in Florida this year. I'm really excited about uh, how that's going to come out. And then up to the Midwest, Branson. We're going to have a second shot at Branson and do a showbiz rally. So that's what's on the agenda right now. But there's other things in the mix, too, obviously. We want to recapture our international event. And uh, Canada wrapped this September, and it was such a fantastic event. They want to do it again. So look for Canada on the schedule in the fall. And then, of course, Albuquerque 2.0. Because uh, this, like I just, like I said in last week's episode, which I was editing this morning, this is a quintessential road schooling experience. And um, I really, I encourage people who haven't, who have been on the road for a little while and haven't come here to come here to to do it because um, I appreciated it so much and my kids were old enough to appreciate the whole thing because we had seen so many amazing, wonderful things. This was just the icing on the cake. So if you have been on the road a while and haven't made it to the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta, then definitely put that on your list for next year like Mary Beth and I have already done. So, you know, um, I, our guest is not on yet, but I'm really excited about tonight because 
I saw something on our Road School Moms Facebook page. If you're not on that yet, it's really easy to get to, facebook.com slash groups slash Road School Moms. That's a closed group where you can share uh, your successes and your failures and um, your fears and your excitement about road schooling right there. And someone shared about poetry tea time, and it immediately intrigued me because I miss the tea parties that we used to have, and I still have little enough kiddos to recapture that. So um, when I saw that, it reminded me of the tea parties, and then I saw that there was a curriculum involved, and that was it. I was hooked. So, Mary Beth, have you heard about this poetry tea time before? I had not, but I think Claudine Sino might have been, a Road School Mom Claudine Sino might have been who posted that in our Road School Moms group because I remember at the time I did click on it, um, scanned over it, and really was kind of obsessed with it there for about 24 hours and then moved on to something else in my squirrel-like <laughs> fashion. It's true to form. And um, then somehow you got onto it, and then after um, I was researching it for this show, of course, I'm completely enamored with it. I'm now convinced that I can actually do morning time and uh, poetry tea time and not do anything else because I'm just enamored with the both of the ideas. But I love the whole idea. I love the everything I've seen about it, and I'm really excited about talking with our guests this evening to learn more about it. Yes, I am too. Like I said, she's not here yet. That's okay. Um, you know, what's fun about doing this show is, like, like just what you experienced um, – we are bombarded with opportunities um, for curriculum, right? Oh, my goodness. When you go to a homeschool conference or if you're on a homeschool group like Rescomom, there's just curriculum coming every which way. And like you, just like you said, that's a quintessential experience for a lot of moms, not just you and me who are a little, um, you know, ditzy <laughs> or whatever. You know, just a little stretch thin maybe. I don't know what the right answer is. Um but uh, the, um, the, the, the great part about this show is that we get to um, dig deeper into things like this. So when we see this, I saw this many weeks ago, um, we get to go deeper and deeper into what is this all about. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so did you, uh, if you, if you, sorry to interrupt you. Or do we know if I can No. So if you were audit or auditing, yeah, right. If you were editing um, last week's show, did you get to hear any of it yet, the interview? I know that you had to hop off because you're in the middle of the Bloom Fiesta, but did you get to hear any of the replay from our uh, my interview with Jan Bedell over at the Brain Coach? I did get to hear some bits and pieces and how she was talking about all the different aspects, like a holistic approach to education. Mm-hmm. She does. And, you know, I have to tell you that um, I really wish you'd have been on that show. You've totally got to listen to the whole replay. She is um, a neurodevelopmentalist. And I'll just tell you that, and I even told her this on air, you know, that just the word itself scared me away. I was like, ooh, I don't know what that is, but that sounds crazy and hard and complicated, you know, and it's it's just a, just a title. It's something that um, once she broke it down, and I will save the explanation for um, our listeners so that they can actually hit the replay and check that out. But she talks about what it is and um, and how you can use it for your road schoolers, especially if you have one that's struggling. Um, and, and it's really for all ages. She talks about in her work, uh, you know, over the past decade, you know, she does have her PhD. She is very knowledgeable um, and has a, you know, a very a plethora of 
sectors of an educational background. She's been a public school teacher. She's been in the private sector. She's been a homeschooler. She homeschooled her daughter, who was a struggling homeschooler. And that's, you know, where she really went from a desperate mom to a neurodevelopmentalist. Um, And so I love her story. But what I love the most about her is that her work really gives help and hope um, to someone that's struggling or has or has a homeschooler that's struggling and um, you know and she does that and she she shows those kiddos or even those teens or even adults that she's um, you know mentored really how um, you know what their God-given talents are without labels so that you don't feel like there's something wrong with them or wrong oh I've got ADHD or oh I'm dyslexic you know and she really has a really good um, take on it to to make you feel, you know, like that you don't have a label, that whatever it is that, you know, you so you don't read right, well, that's that's okay because look what you can do with that, you know, and she's just very encouraging. So if you have anyone in your household or your family that has something like that that could benefit um, from that sort of help, hit the replay on the Brain Coach um, Road School Moms interview that we that I done last Sunday night. Very, very, uh, very, very enlightening episode. I think it's our episode 149, which brings me to tonight's episode. You know what tonight is? Tonight is Road School Mom's 150th episode. <gasps> is it? Yeah, it is. Party. I know, right? I thought of it. I've seen it earlier today. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't tell KT. It's like 150. We should be like letting balloons out or something. I don't know. But we're celebrating with Poetry Tea Time for our 150th show. That's what we're doing. We all should go have a tea party tomorrow. <laughs> yes, we definitely should. But I'm I'm wondering if she's going to join us, Miss Julie Bogart, because she I don't I'm not seeing her on the I'm not seeing her on the on the uh, switchboard. So we can always record that part of it later, and you can edit it back into the show if you want to. Yes, I think I think we might have to do that because I'm not seeing her, and I maybe our wires got crossed. Maybe she's having a tea party. Maybe she is, and if she is, then good for her. She can tell us about it when we get to talk to her, I guess. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that um, a couple of things I can tell you that's coming up on shows, if you want to give her a couple of more minutes. Um, you know, you oh, and I sure. are going to be uh, speaking at a workshop in January for Books and Beyond. Um, we, You and I got that guest appearance through the – um, invitation that Cheryl Bastine um, gave to us, and I know that you and I are both excited about that. We're going to be doing a workshop called Road School, No RV Needed. Um, but the reason I'm mentioning that is because Cheryl is coming on Road School Moms next Sunday night to talk about something that I know you're going to be interested in, um, Road Schooling High School. I love that she's going to come on and just talk some hard, cold facts about Road Schooling High School. Um, I know that's a lot of... Uh, on a lot of our minds, uh, whether we're already homeschooling high school or getting ready to homeschool high school, it's a, a just a whole different pressure that I've never felt before. So really looking forward to her coming on. And I can also tell you that I have two other homeschool, uh, high school-related guests uh, coming up on our calendar over the next 30 to 45 days. Well, one of them um, is talking all about dual credit, and the other one is going to talk to us about scholarships and how to get them um, if you're – a road school or a homeschool situation. So those are up and coming and looking definitely forward to sharing that information with our readers, our readers, yeah, our listeners. 
Yes. Well, that's awesome because I know that dual enrollment is a really hot topic right now. You know um, why that is, and that is because so many people are staying in this lifestyle much longer than before. It used to be um, when we first got on the road seven years ago that people would um, get their families up to about high school, and then they'd say, okay, our time on the road is done for now, and maybe we'll come back out after the kids have flown the coop. But now there are so many high schooling, road schoolers on the road, and dual enrollment is a no-brainer for people in our lifestyle. So I'm really excited about that upcoming show. Yeah, so that's going to take us right into, I mean, KT, I hate to say it, but Thanksgiving is only about a month away, and so we've got four or five more shows. Our schedule is quickly filling up. We'll be on to our um, short mini holiday series that you and I always do. I know that you and I have got to meet about that um, and talk about what we're going to be um, sharing with our listeners for those six quick shows. It'll be all geared to the holidays in your RV, and then we'll take a little Christmas and New Year's break, and then we'll be back for a new year. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that. But you just remind me of something that's happening just next week. Um, Chris and I are doing an Ask Us Anything Zoom meeting next Tuesday night, the 17th. You know, there's a lot of times that we meet people on the road, and they say, um, Gosh, I wish I wish I could have picked your brain before we got out here. We made so many mistakes. We could have saved so much time and money and effort. And, um, and so we've decided to start a series called Ask Us Anything. We're going to be doing this once a month via Zoom meeting, and we've been accumulating questions since we announced it like three or four weeks ago. My inbox has been loaded with questions, so we're going to be answering those questions, and we'll possibly have some potential to answer questions live on the air as well. So if you want more information about that Zoom meeting um, and how you can join us or ask us anything this Tuesday the 17th, then you can just go to Full-Time Families, and right there on the um, main page, you'll see the Ask Us Anything Zoom meeting. But without further ado, I would like to bring on Miss Julie from Poetry Tea Time. Thanks so much for joining us. You're so welcome. It's great to be here. I do. Well, Julie... Um, Mary Beth and I were talking in the intro about how we were we stumbled upon this poetry tea time. One of our road school moms posted a picture of them in in the middle of poetry tea time, but that we really know nothing about it, and we're really excited tonight to learn all about it. So why don't you start by introducing yourself to our listeners and tell us about how you are integrated in the homeschool community? Oh, I'd be happy to. So. My name is Julie Bogart, and I created a writing program called Brave Writer back in January of 2000. I homeschooled my own five kids. They're all adults now. And uh, during my time of home educating them, I was working as a freelance writer and also as a magazine editor. And during that time, I just noticed that I did not think the writing programs available for homeschoolers really did an effective job of coaching parents in how they can create a positive, meaningful editing and writing partnership without, you know, tears and gnashing of teeth and <laughs> writer's block and all the things we associate with writing. So that's what launched Brave Writer. And in the midst of homeschooling my own children, one of the things that I realized is that I had a really strong passion for Shakespeare and poetry, but I knew that in school environments, both of those are considered difficult or intimidating or somehow not appealing to children. 
And I just didn't want them to grow up with that sense. So Poetry Tea Time grew out of my desire to create a balance between my objective, which was to introduce them to the world of wonderful language, and their objective, which is to have great snacks and tea, <laughs> something fun to do. And I, I paired those items. I did a test case with my daughter when she was eight, uh, just the two of us. We read Midsummer Night's Dream in the story version, and I made tea, and we had treats. She remembers having her own yogurt cup, which was a big deal because with five kids, we never had individual anything. Um, and we enjoyed reading that story so much together under those circumstances with little candles lit and a pretty tablecloth that I knew I had landed on a really great method for introducing challenging material. And so the very next week, I roped in all five kids, and I, bought, I brought out a stack of poetry books, and we all just started reading poetry and drinking tea and eating treats, and that became a lifelong obsession in my family. Well, I can tell you that um, for myself, and I'm sure Casey is probably not far behind me, we're both um, very much um, in love with our morning time routines that both of us have different versions of. That's something that I've done for a while now with my kids. So immediately Wonderful. when I heard about so yeah, immediately when I heard about poetry tea time, of course I'm like, oh my gosh, this will be perfect. We can do morning time in the morning and poetry tea time in the afternoon. Um, so tell me what um, what are the age ranges in your opinion for poetry tea time? Is there a perfect age to start? Is there is there a place where they age out, or how does that work in your opinion? To me, poetry can become like a lifelong joy to a person who discovers it and is not intimidated by it. So one of the things that I think is great is if you can start when your children are young. And really, I don't think there's any time that's too young. If you think about it, we're reading picture books to our kids who can't even speak yet. Reading nursery rhymes, tongue twisters, knock-knock jokes, Dr. Seuss books introduces this whole notion of rhyme and language play at a very early age. So pairing it with treats and something fun to drink and decorating a table a little bit is certainly something you can introduce from a young age. I remember my daughter, Johanna, at age four, had a tea party for her birthday. You know, she was already interested in little tiny plates and cups, <laughs> you know, having table settings that are attractive. But a lot of us tend to think of tea parties as being focused on girls. What I discovered, I have three boys and two girls. My boys ran with Poetry Tea Time. It became an absolute passion with him to the point where my son Jacob, my middle child, was inviting public school friends to poetry tea time in high school. And then when he went off to college and became a resident assistant at Ohio State University on a boys dorm floor, he brought teapots, tea, and poetry books to his room and held poetry tea times with boys in college. So I just wanna say, I don't think there's a time when you age out. Uh, even my current son who's in college, he's a senior at St. John's College in Annapolis, he started a poetry slam. My daughter, Katrin, who's a senior at University of Pittsburgh, is a part of an online literary magazine that regularly features poetry. And my daughter, Johanna, who currently is traveling the world, she's 28 years old, she was a part of an online digital magazine of Brooklyn Creatives and she contributed poetry to every one of those issues. 
So I just want to give a vision for if you start them young, <laughs> it may be a lifelong habit by the time they grow up. Well, I just I just love this. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this. I want to know, is this a daily thing? Is this um, a couple times a week? Uh, what do you suggest uh, frequency for poetry, poetry tea time, and how does one get started? Great questions. So when we first started sharing this idea with others, we called it Tuesday Tea Time, you know, because of alliteration. But there's no magic on the day of Tuesday, but Tuesday could be a nice day. You're already one day into the week. Uh, you could hold, hold it once a week and just always know that on Tuesdays you're going to take that hour-long break. You know, just set aside other reading or language arts for the day and just focus on pleasure. The way that I recommend doing it then is having an assortment of drinking options. Now, some children really love tea. My family was very much into British tea. I drank it every day. I was not a coffee drinker. But in some families, tea is not the thing. So lemonade, hot apple cider, herb tea, uh, any special drink, even orange juice, put in a teacup becomes special. So you could use a collection of mugs. You could go to a thrift store and shop for, you know, thrifted teacups. Maybe you have a set that are special from your wedding. What I found drew my kids to the table like moths to a flame was a tablecloth, special drink mugs or teacups, a centerpiece, and something yummy to eat. Now, on the weeks when I had lots of energy, we might make scones or brownies or cookies. And on the weeks when I had no energy, we would have cinnamon toast, you know, or I'd slice up a bunch of oranges, or we would simply put out a box of cookies that I'd purchased at the supermarket. So literally, you can go all in, make it very elaborate, or it can be as simple as have reading poetry over breakfast pancakes and having something special to drink. What makes it a tea time or a party is just that extra bit of attention you give to the table the feeling that it's not just the place you clear off to do schoolwork, but a place that you turn into a bit of a party. Uh, I used to send my kids out into the backyard and say, collect some nature objects to create a centerpiece. They loved doing that. But we also sometimes made centerpieces out of American Girl dolls or Lego sets or some other craft item that a child had been working on. We would just showcase something right in the middle of the table. I recommend once a week, mostly because it's just so nice to have the break. But I do know families who just do it once a month. I know some families who do it every day. It really depends on your schedule. In terms of the poetry side of Poetry Tea Time, I recommend going to the library, going to the poetry section in the children's literature area, and letting your kids just check out as many poetry books as they want. It's important to have some poetry books with images for your kids who don't read yet. So you want them to be able to page through a book and see pictures, even if they can't read poems, so that they can point to a picture and say, Mommy, I want you to read this poem. And then you can take the book and read it aloud. For your kids who are readers, you'll find that they spend quite a bit of time paging. You know what they're doing while they're paging? They're reading. They're trying to decide, is this a poem I want to read aloud? So there's this amazing reading experience going on. They're reading silently. 
They're reading little sections. They're evaluating if what they're reading is interesting enough to share. And then they eventually pick a poem and they share it aloud. The only objective in poetry tea time is to enjoy the poetry. So there's no need to analyze it. You don't have to draw out all the literary elements if you don't know what those are. So start with humor. Pick things that are funny or have a lot of rhyme because that's what draws kids in and it will make you as an adult who's maybe nervous about poetry a lot more comfortable. I love all that information. And, um, and from what you said at the beginning about, you know, deciding on a day and, and the tablecloth and the teacups and all that, I can totally see how that would, you know, bring everyone together for that certain special time of the day or the week. So is there, I'm, I'm guessing that probably making themed poetry tea time is probably also a valuable um, direction to go. I missed what you said. Making what? Which? Making it a theme, like a themed oh, poetry theme, tea time. Themed. Oh, yes. sure. I mean, we definitely did that. We had, you know, teddy bear tea times. One time we did a solar system tea time where we had it at night. And all the poems related to the night sky. We cut up uh, apples into little crescent moons, and we used a star cookie cutter for cheese slices. And then we hung up a solar system above us. Uh, we invited another family to join us. And I remember their older daughter dressed up like Jupiter. She put a great big red splotch on her face <laughs> and came in in this great outfit. So, yes, you can take this, you know, as far as you want. Uh, we did a Moroccan tea party. I lived in Morocco for a number of years, so we made mint tea, and we used their pretty silver teapots, and I had tea glasses, and we made foods that were from Morocco. So, yes, you can get as elaborate as you want, but it's also important to remember to keep it simple so you'll sustain it, and maybe consider the themed teas based on your energy level. So if you want to do, um, we did a poetry tea time challenge on Instagram once where each week I picked a different color and suggested people use the color for their poetry tea time. So one week was blue, one week was orange, and all of the tablecloths and the mugs and the foods matched that color. Well, that's a fun thing to do with small children in particular who are going to want to contribute to a theme like that. You know, you can use streamers or balloons or anything to help emphasize or reinforce that color. So yeah, there are lots of ways that you could turn poetry tea time, you know, into a bigger project. It could match a history study or a cultural study like that. Well, I love how um, you began this interview by being honest about when you had more energy you put more time into it and maybe you bake something and when you had less energy, maybe you bought something. And I love how that relieves the stress because I think that's one of the best ways to start is just to keep it as simple as possible and put a, you know, put a box of cookies in your cart when you're at the grocery store and start right after that with your tea time. Uh, but I've been on your website at poetryteatime.com and I see these delicious, oh my gosh, these recipes are driving me crazy right now. <laughs> This is wonderful. So I could see that not only could this be about poetry, but you could also work in baking, home ec skills, and um, obviously mathematics into uh, this as well. Um, Absolutely. And, and hostessing. You can invite other families over. Like I said, 
my kids loved, you know, they had friends in sports and things who were at public school who had no experience with this kind of experience. And when they would hear about poetry tea time, they would be fascinated. So we would invite them to our house. And you'll be amazed to find out that those children loved poetry, even high school students. Uh, I, I had my daughter had a best friend who was a public school student, and she brought her over, and they did poetry tea time every time they were together. They always made scones. They dressed up. They put bows in their hair, and they were full-on 14-year-olds. So you can absolutely involve other people, and that's a really wonderful skill for homeschool kids to learn how to be hosts. That's fantastic. And I'm also seeing on your website um, a poetry book list. Tell us a little bit yes. about that. So one of the things that parents often ask for is just the keep it simple, stupid kind of guides, right? Like they just want to be able to go have someone else do the work for them. So what we did is we co compiled a list of poetry books based on age range and subject area for you if you want some help. So you could download that guide and take it to the library and look up some of these surefire winners. Now, I will mention that the books for teens, teen poetry, always touches on mature themes because that's what teens are interested in, mature themes. So you as a parent need to use your own discretion, flip through. If you're not interested in your child reading poems, you know, about their sexuality or suicide or some of these darker themes, just make sure the books you're checking out match your values and match your children. Uh, but the vast majority are just purely delightful, filled with all kinds of good writers and good poetry options. We also, uh, the Poetry Tea Time team and Brave Writer, collaborated to create a book called Poetry Tea Time Companion. And that book has 52 poems in it, one per week of the year. It's a collection of public domain poems. So these are the, you know, worldwide Western civilization poetry classics that have been around and stood the test of time. We pair them with beautiful watercolor images that we curated, and we've divided them by category and season. So if you're looking for, like, a nice anthology that covers a variety of poems that we know children enjoy, Poetry Tea Time Companion is a great way to go. You can purchase that on Amazon.com. My name is Julie Bogart. You can look it up that way. Or you can go to the Brave Writer store, and you'll see at store.bravewriter.com a Poetry Tea Time link that inside has all of our offerings. And that book is a fabulous tool to help you kick off Poetry Tea Time. On our PoetryTeaTime.com website, you can download a free quick start guide as well, which will go over all the principles we've talked about in this interview to help you get brave and start your own tradition. That's so awesome. You know I'm already penciling in Tuesday Tea Time for this week because I'm so excited to get started on this. It's awesome. So I love it. So, you know, a couple of years ago, um, our listeners, listeners will remember that I raved on because my, my kiddos, um, I took him through a program, I'm sure you're familiar with it, Poetry Through Memorization, I believe it's by Andrew Poudois, but um, I found during that time that, and I know you said Poetry Tea Time has one objective for them to read poetry, but tell me or tell our listeners, because I, I remember that when my kiddos were memorizing those poems and as they read them over and over and as they became familiar with them, their speaking skills also improved. So what's the correlation between 
like grammatical skills that they develop along with just by reading poetry. Yeah, fabulous. I'm so glad you're letting me touch on that because it's something I feel strongly about. Poetry is edited language. It reduces the volume of words to the most essential choices that a writer can make. It is an economy of language. It is concise. It Even long ballads, they are still selective because they are usually obeying the rules of meter and rhyme. So what happens in poetry, it's sort of like concentrated language. Like if you think of buying um, some kind of lemonade concentrate, and then you have to add water to turn it into, you know, a big pitcher of lemonade. Poetry is like linguistic concentrate. And when you stir it into a person who is already a verbal person, and they start to incorporate those words, those images, that playfulness, that meter and rhyme and attention to musicality, their own writing becomes more flavorful. It becomes enriched. It suddenly is drawing from a much deeper pool of language than just what they hear on television or what they hear in conversation. Now, everything is valuable. Comic strips, television, billboards, stupid jokes, <laughs> you know, Facebook posts. Every bit of writing plays a role in shaping the imagination of the writer. Why poetry is so valuable is because it has this concentrated impact on a child's vocabulary development. It heightens their awareness that when they write, language is meant to have an impact. Poetry delivers an impact every line, and kids pick that up intuitively, and they start to incorporate that into their own writing and speaking. What you said about memorization is also powerful. Reading meter, reading rhyme, helps you retain language. We know that because, hello, we all can still sing songs from the 1980s. <laughs> we know all the lyrics, even if it's been 20 years since we've heard the song. The reason that music and poetry combined create such hooks in the memory is because of the rhythm and the fact that we have this manageable, you know, sort of body around words. We don't remember the paragraphs that we hear people say just over the phone. So poetry just creates this, like, attachment to language and to imagery and to theme and to meter and to rhyme and to sound and to the power of onomatopoeia or alliteration or an assonance. And these will start showing up in your children's writing when they have that rich, textured language life. That That is fantastic. And um Mary Beth and I have used poetry in all different ways in our road school over the years, so it's it's really great to remind the listeners or new listeners of the the value and the power of poetry. Now, again, I'm on your website and I see a poetry tea time companion. What is that? Yes, so that's the book I was mentioning before. That's the 52 weeks of poems collected from the public domain put into one book divided by seasons and themes. And they each, what's really great about this book is that each poem has a little description about the author and then a couple of reflection questions. They're not meant to be uh, sort of reading comprehension. They're more like exploratory, expand the discussion around the poem. 
So Poetry Tea Time Companion is just this great anthology with images that you could use right now in your Poetry Tea Time and have a really nice working set of poems to start out your Poetry Tea Time. A lot of families have purchased it. You can buy it through Amazon or through the Brave Writer store, which is store.bravewriter.com. So the Poetry Tea Time Companion is just a, a fabulous tool for parents who would like to own their own anthology and they don't know which one to start with. Ours is a great resource. I love that. So um, I know that one of my kiddos um, back when we were doing those, that poetry memorization was there for a while anyway, and then I don't know how, I, it's not that I discouraged it, but I don't think I encouraged it, and so it kind of just went away. But he was really um, enamored with trying to write his own poetry. Is there, Love it. Is, is there something um, on Poetry Tea Time, or is that more like over on Brave Writer, that there would be some sort of um, curriculum or some sort of product for that? Yes, actually, in our Brave Writer online classes, we have a playing with poetry workshop that is a family class. So you pay one tuition and everybody in your family is enrolled. So if you have eight kids, same price as if you have two kids. It's, it's meant to include husband, wife, children, whoever's in the family. And what we do in that class is each week the instructor gives a poetic form and she teaches how to use it, and then everybody contributes poems. And one of the things that's so magical about that class is that you see these kids who are intimidated by writing jump in with both feet. Poetry is a fabulous tool for kids who are dysgraphic, dyslexic, uh, reluctant writers, visual language impaired, and here's why. It's short. And it follows this nice set of rules that help reduce the intimidation of the task. So kids who find just free writing or just freely writing intimidating are more willing to try to write a little ABAB kind of stanza because suddenly it's reducing the task. Or a limerick. They can count the syllables. They know what needs to rhyme. Uh, they only have to write five lines. So when they teach in that class, when Suzanne, our instructor, teaches poetry in that class, what I find so delightful is to see the range of expression in one family. And we often have both dads and moms participating, sharing the poems they're writing together. So that would be like a really great deep dive if you're looking to have the whole family get involved in poetry writing. Well, Julie, I am so excited, and uh, like Mary Beth, I'm getting, you know, I've already penciled in my Tuesday. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, I want to I say when you do, please follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram account is at Poetry Tea Time, and use our hashtag Poetry Tea Time, because I really love following everybody. I feature Poetry Tea Time posts of families every single day so that we start to get a feeling for what it looks like in other homes. And I would absolutely love to see your interpretation. Yes, I'm so glad you mentioned your social media. Where else can we find you? Where can we find information about Brave Writer and Poetry Tea Time? What are your links? Thank you. Well, Brave Writer is located at bravewriter.com. Uh, we have Facebook pages for both. We have facebook.com slash bravewriter. And then for Poetry Tea Time, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash poetry tea time families. 
uh, if you go to Poetry Tea Time, someone beat me to the punch, and I, they're not even anything related to homeschool. So we are facebook.com slash Poetry Tea Time families. Uh, we have a blog on the Poetry Tea Time site. Like you indicated, there are recipes, there are themes, there are interviews with poets like Jane Yolen and Margaret Singer. Uh, so we've got, uh, Marilyn Singer, excuse me. We've got all kinds of resources available for you on PoetryTeaTime.com specifically. And then BraveWriter.com has everything related to all your writing needs. Uh, and I would just, I would just add this. I do a Facebook Live on the Brave Writer Facebook page every week at 1130. I have a YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash BraveWriter that has 200 videos. We have a podcast. There are more resources than you can possibly use. <laughs> so please take advantage of all this free material that we've put out there to encourage you in your writing and your poetry and your language-loving lives. I'm all about it, and I, I would love to know that your road schooling team felt equipped and supported in their learning journey. Well, perfect. We really appreciate you making the time to join us tonight. And Thank you so much for encouraging us on this uh, new poetry journey that I'm sure a lot of us are all going to be embarking on, and we will definitely be Instagramming our pictures. So thanks again, Julie. We really loved talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Good night, Julie. So, okay, a new obsession. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like I can't even hardly. I'm. I. I just don't even want to. I don't even want Monday to be. I might do poetry on Mondays too, just because I want to start it tomorrow. <laughs> like I'm sitting here thinking, okay, where can I actually store the teacups? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. I've already figured out how am I going to do Tuesday if I don't have the companion book already. I'm going to have to like use something for Tuesday until I can get my poetry tea time companion book because I want it. You know, tomorrow. I want it right now. Well, I do believe you'd be in luck because I think I'm not 100 percent sure this would have been a great question to ask her, but I think the companion book is um, maybe downloadable. Mm. Let's hope so. Well, when I do the show notes tonight or in the morning, I will uh, for our listeners, yes. we'll put the link on there um, so that you yes. can get it. However, you can get it, we'll put it on our show notes. Perfect. Yes, it actually does look like a hard copy now that I'm looking at it. So, um, wow, I'm just so enamored with this. I can't even tell you. You know, I can't tell you, and I know I've, I mean, back in the day when we were doing that poetry memorization, if you remember, like, I yammered on about it for several weeks. It really made a huge difference. At the time, I can remember that Tori, um, I thought she was too young for it. She'd never be able to figure it out. And she was the one that probably benefited the most from it. And um, not just in her reading skills, but her, I was shocked at her grammatical, just her speaking became so much more matured. Just within a few weeks, and you know, I would hear her using, you know, and I, and you know, some of those, you know, things that we fight with our kiddos, you know, early in the beginning to get them to understand the, you know, the grammatical effects of things. So it just poetry is awesome, and I love this roadmap. You know, you and I have talked so much lately about, you know, finding the roadmap to your next learning adventure, and this really is a very easy roadmap for um, instituting poetry into your. Um, weekly road school or monthly or however you decide is best for your family. Yes, absolutely. So I'm just really excited because this is something. So, you know, when when I thought about road schooling way back when, 
uh, I envisioned doing things like this, but then they seemed to be too hard, too much um, organization necessary, too much ancillary supplies necessary. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And then, you know, what happens is you just go for the workbooks and you go for the other stuff that's easy, and then then you realize that there's no enchantment left in your educational experience with your children. Now, not to say that, you know, our travels, there's plenty of enchantment in our travels, but I, there was there was a longing to do something like this, sit under a big oak tree and just enjoy my time with my children. And I love that there's no real age out on this activity. And I think that uh, Dominic and Blaze will also enjoy it. As, and I know that Tonya will be all about it, and, you know, DJs is, is going to be an easy sell for those two. But I, I really do believe that Dominic and Blaze will, will take to this. So I'm really excited about it. Yes, me too. Well, we'll have to revisit this um, over the next week or two and share with our listeners how we're getting started on our poetry tea time. But I can already tell you, um, you and I have talked about this a million times, expectations of road school moms, uncomplicated. Please don't have big expectations, and please don't make it complicated because that is uh, – if there's anything that Kimberly and I can share with you, it is, you know, we've we've – you know, <laughs> it doesn't take us much, as you can tell, to get excited about something new and anything shiny or, you know, glittery or anything, you know, that we haven't heard of before. It, we can get sucked in easily. Um, but when you come across something like this, Poetry Tea Time, and you know that's something very valuable, there's so much um, just you can just tell it's just going to be a good thing, something good that will be in our own road schools um, that we can share with you. Um, but I know that keeping it simple is the key. Keep it simple, uncomplicated, because all, you know, I love that. The one objective of it is is just to read poetry. How easy is that? Yes, I love that too. And on that note, I think this show is a wrap. I'm so glad that we were joined by Julie Bogart and that we learned all about poetry poetry tea time and that you and I got to talk about what our weeks were like and if you road school moms um are have not yet posted a peek at your week we'd love to see what you're up to um you can do that on our facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash road school moms uh, that's where I post and uh, Mary Beth posts a peek at our week and get to just get a you know a little bird's eye view of what our week was like and I personally love doing that on Sundays because it reminds me of the amazing week I did have. So that's a lot of fun. I hope that people will take advantage of that. And I hope that you'll also, um, if you need prayer, let us know how we can pray for you because Road School Moms has our own prayer warrior ministry. And um, we are ready and waiting for your prayer request at very email address, very easy email address, RSM Prayers, Road School Moms, RSM Prayers, plural, at gmail.com. And there you can send in your confidential prayer request, and our prayer team will um, bring your intentions to our Heavenly Father and um, send you encouraging messages uh, as well. So if you need prayer, I suggest that you send them an email. And really, who doesn't need prayer? They all need prayer. So send an email right now. Our prayer team are a wonderful group of ladies, so we appreciate them so much. One final thing I wanted to share with you. You know, we've got a lot of great podcasters on our Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I listened to a replay from um, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Homeschool Sanity Show. If you haven't checked that out, I was listening to a podcast that she done with Amy Sullivan. Um, and so this is another reminder. Road School Moms has booked Amy Sullivan. She is the author of a girl's 
book series called Gutsy Girls. KT, have you heard about Gutsy Girls? I have not. Tell me all about it. So I'm just going to briefly tell you, because I know we're at the end of the show. We'll talk more about it later before uh, we announce the date she's coming on. But next month sometime, um, Amy Sullivan is coming on Road School Moms to talk about her series, uh, book girl book series called Gutsy Girls. And she has written four books. Um, the fifth one is yet to be released. But they are um, they are they are stories about gutsy girls who are Christian women heroes um, from our history. Uh, Of the four books that are written, three of those historical figures are, um, you know, from many years ago, but there's one of those figures that is actually living now. And that series is absolutely awesome. Um, Kudos to Melanie Wilson for introducing me to Amy Sullivan and in that book series. I can tell you that I've already bought all the books, and I've got them all wrapped up and ready to go for Tori's birthday in a couple of weeks. Um, But I reached out to Amy Sullivan this week, and she's uh, agreed to come on Road School Mom sometime next month, so we'll have to share that date with you. Um, And speaking of replays, if you're listening to Road School Moms on a replay over at iTunes, please, 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 when you get done, hit the review for us and um, make sure that you leave a review for Road School Moms. And uh, if it's less than four or five stars, that's okay. Just be sure and send us an email either to KT over at Kimberly at FullTimeFamilies.com or myself, info at RoadTripTeacher.com, and let us know what we can do to better serve your uh, Road School Moms needs. Um, when you get done with that review, be sure and shoot me an email at that uh, address, again, info at RoadTripTeacher.com. I will send you the digital product of your choice absolutely free from my learning shop at RoadTripTeacher.com. And with all of that information, tonight's show was packed full of all kinds of info. Um, I think that's a wrap. So join us next Sunday night, same time, same place, right here on the Ultimate Radio Show Network, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, Road School Moms, safe travels, and God bless. This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your Road School Moms, on the road where education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work, and may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com.